NPR. This is the Indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Waylon Wong. For the past six weeks, there's been increasing tension along one of the global economy's major supply routes, the Red Sea. Houthi rebels in Yemen have been attacking commercial ships in the area, stating solidarity with Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. In response, the U.S. military has organized a coalition of 20-some countries to protect ships traveling through the Red Sea. Things escalated this weekend. U.S. Navy helicopters fired on and killed Houthi fighters who were trying to board a container ship. The U.S. military says the Houthis are backed by Iran. And now Iran has sent a warship to the Red Sea, according to Iranian state media. Today on the show, we look at this growing threat to the region and what it means for global supply chains that are already under pressure. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science and Management in Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. This spring, cleaning up your wireless bill is easy thanks to Mint Mobile. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash indicator. $45 upfront payment required for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This message comes from NPR sponsored Train. Leading your organization to higher profits and performance requires a strong foundation. In the face of industry changes, emissions requirements, and new legislation, it takes a high-performing building. Train creates turnkey energy strategies for businesses to lower their carbon footprints, prepare for a sustainable future, and meet the needs of occupants and business commitments alike. Open the door to better opportunities at train.com slash energy services. The Red Sea is a narrow strip of water with Egypt and Sudan to the west and Saudi Arabia and Yemen to the east. And the waterway is a crucial piece of the global supply chain. Between 10 to 15 percent of the world's shipping goes through this area. This includes oil tankers and massive container ships transporting everything from microchips to furniture. And on the northern end of the Red Sea is the Suez Canal, which is the most direct sea route for trade between Europe and Asia. It's a long day. It takes you all day to go through the Suez. Selmer Cogliano is a maritime historian at Campbell University and hosts a YouTube show called What's Going On With Shipping. In his previous career as a merchant mariner, he was a civilian stationed on U.S. Navy ships. He's been through the Suez Canal a few different times. You mount a huge headlight on the front of the vessel. Most people don't know this, what's called the Suez Canal light. And I never understood why until my third passage through the Suez Canal when we were heading down it and a herd of camel were swimming across the canal. Yeah, and I thought driving through country roads and looking out for deer was dicey. (laughs) 
So the Suez Canal sits at the northern end of the Red Sea. At the southern end of the Red Sea is a strait called the Bab el-Mandeb Strait, also known as the Gate of Tears. This narrow strait borders Yemen, and it's where the Houthi rebel group has been making a good number of its attacks. The Houthi rebels have been fighting a civil war in Yemen for almost a decade and are vying for control against the internationally recognized government of Yemen, which is backed by Saudi Arabia. These years of brutal conflict have created what the United Nations calls the largest humanitarian crisis in the world. Sale says the Houthis have been attacking commercial ships in the Red Sea since 2015. But then in November, they used a tactic that Sale hadn't seen them try before. They landed a helicopter on a ship and hijacked the vessel, which reportedly has links to an Israeli company. There was no cargo aboard, but as of this recording, there were 25 crew members who are still being held. Sale says the seizure of the ship signaled something new and dangerous, and the situation has only escalated from there. Initially, they announced they were attacking ships that were either Israeli-flagged or Israeli-owned. But then they ratcheted it up and they said any ship connected at all with Israel will be attacked. And what they wound up doing was actually attacking ships that have nothing to do with Israel at all. Yeah, for example, almost three weeks ago, the Houthis launched a missile at a container ship that was registered in Hong Kong. That ship has nothing to do with Israel. It wasn't going to Israel, wasn't coming from Israel. That told everybody that now this is a much more dangerous area. In the maritime industry, ships can get insurance that covers acts of war and piracy. This is a special kind of insurance called war risk insurance. Sell says that before this ramp up in violence, the war risk insurance for the Red Sea was considered low, around 0.02% of what the ship's total value was. But after the Houthis started attacking commercial ships in a more indiscriminate way, War risk insurance for the Red Sea went from 0.02% to 0.7%. That could potentially tack on millions of dollars in extra insurance costs. A container ship can carry, you know, in excess of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cargo. And when you have to start paying insurance on that at 0.7% of the value... That becomes extremely expensive. Shipping companies started to charge extra fees to transport cargo to and from the Red Sea. They also began rerouting some of their vessels to avoid the area altogether. Some of these ships were already on a detour. They were originally planning to travel through the Panama Canal, which connects the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans in Central America. But the Panama Canal is having problems with low water levels, which reduces the number of ships that can actually use it. So some ships were opting for the Suez Canal instead. But now the Houthi attacks are making them change course again. And this detour also comes at a cost. Corey Ranslam is CEO of Dryad Global Limited, a company that specializes in maritime intelligence. Some of the the top shipping companies have paused any transit through the Red Sea um, and are now going around the Horn of Africa and then back into the Mediterranean, which can add anywhere from potentially 14 or 15 days, maybe even to 25 or even more days. And it adds a lot of cost. It's, it's potentially upwards of an additional million dollars to the cost of that transit to go around Africa. That increase in costs could be due to higher labor costs for the crew on a longer voyage, plus additional fuel to get all the way around the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa. Corey said that depending on how contracts are written, cargo ships that are delayed because of rerouting might also have to pay penalties for late deliveries. 
And there's always the risk that these higher costs get passed down the supply chain in the form of higher oil prices, as well as more expensive consumer goods. Corey says whether that happens in this case depends on the length of the conflict. When you look at global shipping, time is the enemy. So if this drags out into a year or two years and we're seeing threats against shipping at high levels and vessels still diverting around Africa, you will see the cost of goods go up. This is not the first time that war has disrupted shipping in the Red Sea. When war broke out in the Middle East in 1967, Egypt closed the Suez Canal to international shipping. The canal didn't reopen till 1975. With the Houthi attacks, the U.S. military cited the impact on global trade as a motivation for getting involved. And when the Navy helicopters fired on the Houthi boats over the weekend, the U.S. was responding to a distress call from a container ship owned by Maersk, a major shipping company based in Denmark. Sal, the maritime historian says that under international law, all countries have to help when ships are attacked. But he says the U.S. military's response in the Red Sea is going further than that. What you're seeing right now is a very proactive move. We're talking about convoying. We're talking about organizing the ships into groups and sailing them through the area. And that's a big change of policy for the United States. It's a change because in previous conflicts, including when Somali pirates were active around 15 years ago, the U.S. only got involved with American registered ships. Now, when it comes to this U.S.-led coalition in the Red Sea, so far countries like Britain and Greece have sent military ships to help with the effort. But China, along with major Arab countries like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, have not joined. The attacks in the region are obviously a threat to the safety of crew members and combined with the low water levels at the Panama Canal amount to a major stress test for global shipping. When it comes to supply chain, particularly ocean supply chain, it's actually kind of a web. And when you when you break one part of the web, the other parts have to take up the strain. And that's what you're seeing right now. This afternoon, Maersk, the company that owns the container ship that was attacked over the weekend, said it was pausing shipping through the Red Sea indefinitely. This episode was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Maggie Luthar. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez and edited by Kate Cannon. The Indicator is a production of NPR. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR.